It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Monday, January 29th. LA Galaxy get through their first preseason game of the 2024 season. Do we have any details? A couple. We'll talk a little bit about that, tell you what's going on. We're going to, of course, remind you what's going on at the Coachella Valley Invitational coming up in just a little bit. In fact, the Galaxy getting ready to play their first sort of and last game at Dignity Health Sports Park before going off into the desert. We're going to talk a little bit about the St. Louis game as well. We got some news, some little interesting tidbits here and there, and we can't wait to talk with you on this lovely Monday. It's game week. Galaxy have a game. Stadium will be open on Saturday. We're excited to have you. Of course, with me as always, we're glad to have him back, Mr. Kevin the Panda Baxter. Kev, how you doing, bud? Yeah, I thought it was interesting when you contacted the Galaxy for some information on that game today, and they said there was a reason it was a closed-door scrimmage. I mean, I, I always try, right? Like, I get it. No, that's what we're supposed to do. Right? It's like, hey, you guys want to talk to me? And they're like, no. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Did you hear the rumors about a possible mid-season friendly with the Kansas City Chiefs? A cu- uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs? Yeah, they want to try to get Taylor Swift to come to a game. Oh, yeah, I don't think that's happening. Although, although I was talking with somebody and they're like, they're like, so uh, you think Taylor Swift listens to Corner of the Galaxy? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, you guys, uh, yeah, yeah, right. I was like, you guys want her here? That's not a problem. Not a problem. We'll change the name to Corner of the Galaxy number thirteen, and that will, that'll, that'll. I know she's right, Taylor. Us. Yeah, of course. Hi, Taylor. Um, no, this is a this is an interesting. Listen, I mean, before we even get too far, I know that you were down near me not too long ago, and you decided that you didn't want to stop by and say hi. You were literally driving by my house, by my I office. Waved. Yeah, you waved. That I was waved. it. But you were I like, waved. no, no, no. I made the trek from you know northern Washington State all the way down to to basically you know uh, South Orange County to go visit some uh, some former LA Galaxy friends. You want to tell everybody yep. about that? <laughs> yeah, I went down to visit uh, Ethan Zubek and Cameron Dunbar, who are playing. Uh, for Orange County, also Owen Lamb, who played for Galaxy 2. Um, they're all playing uh, for Orange County Soccer Club. And I went down there to do the story. The idea was, you know, Zubek and Dunbar were guys who appeared to have big upsides when they started their MLS career as homegrown players. And signing with Orange County, my thought was, you know, are you guys trying to get back to MLS? What, what's your plan? And they both actually said, no, the goal is to get to Europe. And they think Orange County Soccer Club is a better platform to get to Europe. And that sounds ridiculous until you look at the stats from transfer market. Over the last four seasons, no MLS team has sent more players – over the last three seasons, rather, no MLS team has sent more players 
to Europe than Orange County Soccer Club. They sent four. Over the last 10 years, they've sent 29. Only four teams in MLS, or in, in, in U.S. and Canada, for that matter, have sent more players. So, you know, going to Orange County Soccer Club is not a bad place if you want to go to Europe. They have connections there. Their entire coaching staff is all from uh, Europe. They've all played and coached in Europe. One of them, their head coach now, coached the, uh, in the World Cup. So it's a good place to go if you want to go to Europe. And I was a little bit surprised to find that out. But that's that's where Ethan Zubik and Cameron Dunbar are. And, and they, you know, next stop Europe for them. That's, a, that's always interesting. Always, uh, always fun to sort of see where everybody is and sort of how that goes. I would imagine that even if you have younger players and they're even in Major League Soccer, that they're like, Europe is where I want to go. I mean, for the most part, I think there's like, yeah, I'd love to go to Europe. But, but I do find it interesting. They think that they're going to bypass, uh, you know, sort of the MLS route. And there are so many leagues and so many different levels in Europe. There are places, I think, for guys like Ethan Zubak or Cameron Dunbar or that type of thing. I think you can find it. Just don't, when we say Europe, I think everybody thinks, oh, you know, they're going to play for Real Madrid and, you know, Barcelona. They're going to play for Chelsea, that type of thing. And usually it's like second, third division German leagues exactly. that you're looking at. That's what happened with the, the guy, most of the guys Orange County has sent over. They played in second division teams. Uh, but, you know, like Milan Olowski, who was there last year, a former UCLA player, signed as a homegrown player, played in MLS, or rather signed in MLS, never played. And his idea was like, look, I'm a good player. I need I need a chance to play. And as Owen Lamb said, I need to de- to play to develop. And so what happened is Olowski came to Orange County, led the league and, you know, won the golden boot and moved on to, uh, to Europe, never got a chance to play in MLS. And that's both what Dunbar and Zubik said. I think Zubik played – something like 341 minutes the last two years at Nashville. Right. That's not going to impress anybody. At 25, he's kind of facing the clock. And so he said, let me come play. I'll get to play 34 games here in Orange County, and we'll see what happens. It's 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 a very interesting sort of take on everything. So I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out and watch that. You know, let's, let's sort of see. I like I like USL. I like watching USL games. I like sort of the the way that that league is sort of developed. I'm, uh, I'm less of a fan of how Major League Soccer is trying to do its MLS Next Pro and sort of to, to try and, I think, steal some of the thunder away from USL because USL is growing to be a pretty independent and strong league uh, on its own. So now we have to sort of watch how that develops. So I'm interested to see how Orange County sort of fares and, you know, how they sort of continue to um, develop that league, especially without MLS's inclusion now. Yeah. And, you know, Phoenix Rising is going to be in the um, Coachella tournament, but MLS forced San Diego Loyal out, basically forced them out when they put an expansion franchise down there, took away a natural rival from Orange County. But uh, Ethan and I had a kind of interesting conversation. Something that's always intrigued me is, you know, Athletes face a very short window to make their career. Yes. You know, the, the, the best, the, the healthiest guys last 20 years, far few, far, you know, that's very few players make it that far. Usually the an average career in MLS is three, four, five years. And so you have a very small window to make your mark. And I always thought, what about the guy who was a really great shortstop, but he was in the Yankees system behind Derek Jeter. Isn't what, that, what happened? To isn't him? that my argument? Isn't that the one? Isn't that my somebody go back and check the tapes? I know I've made that argument multiple times, but yes, you are right. If you're behind Derek Jeter, you were never playing. It doesn't matter. You could have been the second best shortstop to have ever played the game behind maybe Derek Jeter, and you still would have never played because Derek Jeter was there. And so what do you do in that instance? And Ethan talked to me about, he said, you know, I thought I I was playing a lot for the Galaxy. I, you know, Chicharito was the guy, but I was kind of like the first guy off the bench and and he said, and then, you know, they, they signed Jovalich. And then all of a sudden I'm out of a job. And Cameron Dunbar said the same thing. He said, I played a lot under Guillermo. And then there was a coaching change. And all of a sudden, you know, there's no playing time for me anymore. And it's not like they're a different player. It's just that 
the system changed, or in the chance of Jovlich, here's a guy getting a lot of money, Ethan Zubek not getting a lot of money. Right. Who gets the more chances? So it, uh, now they're in Orange County just trying to say, look, this is what you guys passed up. If you give me 34 games a year, here's what I can deliver. Good luck to them. I hope I hope, it's, I hope it works. A lot of fun uh, to sort of see that. They're and both really good guys, by the way. I always liked Ethan, always liked Canton Dunbar as well. And uh, playing at uh, Orange County, they have a cool little stadium down there as the Galaxy have played down there, some fr- some preseason friendlies before. Um, speaking of preseason friendlies, Galaxy basically on, you know, we'll, we'll call it the eve of heading to, uh, to Coachella. Not quite. Um, they have to play St. Louis this Saturday. Um, and we'll give you the information on that game just in case you're wondering. Saturday, February 3rd, 2024, 1 p.m. kickoff at Dignity Health Sports Park. Again, it will be streamed and we'll get to the news here on LAGalaxy.com. So if you're not going to be there, I'm not going to be there, by the way. I would like to be there. I'm not going to be there, but I am going to make it out to uh, Coachella on the 11th uh, for all that. But it will be fun and uh, good to be able to watch these games. And Kevin, that was sort of the news that you broke last Monday, that the LA Galaxy would be streaming all these games. It's really interesting to see what is happening at um, the Coachella Valley Invitational right now, the CVI, right? And the reason I say it's interesting to see is that there are a lot of teams that are announcing X number of games will be streamed from Coachella, right? And the Galaxy are saying, listen, all of the games that we play from now, starting with St. Louis, all the way through this Coachella Valley Invitational Tournament will be streamed on LAGalaxy.com. I don't know if there's going to be location restrictions on this, so don't don't freak out about it yet. We'll figure that part out. Um, but a lot of times there is. But with Apple not having location restrictions, I wonder if they're sort of like, hey, go ahead. You could you could throw it out to whoever you want. But what you need to know is that the St. Louis game coming up this weekend, LAGalaxy.com, the Charlotte game uh, that kicks off at 11 a.m. Uh, at Coachella, uh, at the Coachella Valley Invitational, that first game on uh, on February seventh, that game is going to be streamed on LAGalaxy.com. Same with the Austin game, the game that we're going to be at, Kevin, you and I, uh, we'll watch the LA Galaxy and then do a live show. We'll give you the details here of that again in just a second. But that'll be streamed. The game against New York City will be streamed. The game against Red Bull New York, you're going to basically be able to sit at your office if you're working in an office or maybe you're out in the field, you're doing something, pull it up on your phone and be able to stream that game and watch these preseason games. And to my knowledge, I don't know that any of the in all the years we've sort of been watching the LA Galaxy that quote unquote all of the games will more or less be streamed on LAGalaxy.com you get to watch every preseason game the Galaxy yeah. play in save for the one that just happened in the closed doors that there were no cameras at even the Dodgers don't do that I it's 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 a real I, I think it's a much bigger deal than people think but the really interesting thing is that there are some teams that are participating and if we go and we can look at all the different teams and the schedules but if you go look some like Austin is gonna I think basically stream uh like one or two of their games, but they're not doing all three because basically both teams have to agree to stream it. I think they probably have to share the cost of streaming it too, right? It's one of those where uh, Coachella will stream it for you, but you guys have to pay. And then that also means that the team wants to do that, right? Both teams have to agree to stream the game in order for it to be streamed, right? So Austin's not going to get all of their games, but the Galaxy get all of their games because all of their opponents agreed to do it along with the LA Galaxy agreeing to do it. So watch that. Um, as you will be able to see some games from some teams and some games not. Um, and for me, that's a that's an interesting little wrinkle. It's like, oh, so some teams aren't going to be streaming their games. That's a that's a fun one. What do you think the quality of that's going to be like? Um, pretty good. I imagine it'll be fine. I mean, Coachella is a highly technical setup that happens for the biggest concerts and stuff in the uh, um, 
you know, in the in the world. I mean, this is this is a big deal. AEG, Golden Voice, these people are not small players. They should be able to figure out how to point the antenna in the right direction, get those rabbit ears going, right, Kevin? Um, well, I just never forget back in the day, and this has been a while, when U.S. Open Cup games used to be streamed, and it was like one camera high up in the press box. I mean, I mean, I imagine that's kind. Of, I, it's going to have a similar feel. I don't know that there will be multiple okay. camera angles, um, but you know what? We could we can always ask that question. Well, we, you know, we could we could try, right? Um, but it's one of those. I, I I wouldn't expect you know it's full on seven cameras and all this stuff, but one camera from a high angle is just fine for me for a preseason game. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I I think the quality in streaming will match the quality on the field. These are preseason games. If you saw Miami today play against Al Halal, uh, there was definitely some preseason in in those Miami legs and everything that sort of happened. And I I have a feeling that Al Halal uh, let off the gas in that second half, maybe on purpose. Uh, maybe there was an agreement that said we weren't going to blow everybody out of the water because they was were like two night and day different teams between those two. But Miami continues. It's like 700,000 mile trip around the sun and back. Um, and I just I keep watching because obviously that's the Galaxy's first game. And I'm like, how are they developing and what can you watch? Well, now Galaxy fans will be able to watch how the L.A. Galaxy are developing um, throughout this because most of Miami's games so far have been televised. Well, and the Galaxy, uh, in their, they scored a goal today. We know that. That that came through the closed door. Um, so they have one more goal than Miami scored in their first two games, although they did get three in the second half today. But first two games, Miami did not score. They still haven't won. Uh, yeah. I, well, I mean, you know, I think you're less concerned about that um, overall. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, t- I'm, I'm typing. I'm, I'm texting and doing a podcast at the same time. Um, there's there's news. There's news that's stirring. So we're, we're I'm paying attention to Um so anyway, so, you know, it's just it just I think the the fact and the the ability for L.A. Galaxy fans to be able to watch all these games, Kevin. I mean, we talk about like little leaps and little things that are happening. I think that's huge, huge in the development of the sport, because I know not all everybody's going to make it out to Coachella. We know that there's a cost associated without just getting out there. There's a cost associated with that. Um, and so um, if you're able to watch all the games and, you know, some of these will be playing, um uh, some of these games will be playing uh, will, will be played like earlier in the morning, 11 o'clock, that type of thing. We talked about the LA Galaxy in Austin playing at 10 a.m. on February 11th, right? Um, that's one that's early in the morning. So you'll be able to watch that as well. So um, I just like those those little things. Let's give people the the information, though, again, once again, uh, about Corner of the Galaxy. And I'm saying, you know, playing Coachella one night only uh, Corner of the Galaxy right there. I really I told Kevin before the show started, I want to get a shirt that says uh, COG COG plays Coachella February 11th, blah, 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 the whole day. Because I mean, when 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 am, am I ever going to get to say that again? Right. I told my dad, by the way, today, uh, because I was saying, hey, if you're free, come on out. But of course, there's a big game going on that day. So he was like, he was like, Oh, no, I'm gonna I have a party to go to. Right. And so um, I was like, Okay, cool. No problems. He's like, but but you what do you mean you're playing Coachella? Because I, like, I, of course, put it up that way. I tell everybody I'm playing Coachella on the 11th. Sorry, can't, can't, uh, can't, can't hang out. Did, did Taylor ever play Coachella? Uh, did uh, I don't know that she's ever did she guess? We, we, we might be ahead of Taylor Swift. Well, I mean, we're bet we're BFF. So I'm sure she'll be there. Um, <laughs> No, so it, it just it's 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 a really fun thing that I think we're going to get to do. Um, so again, we will be basically live after the LA Galaxy play against Austin FC. That game starts at ten, should be over around twelve, um, right around between twelve and twelve thirty. We should start, I would imagine, like twelve ten, twelve fifteen, because we need to get Galaxy players and they want to go and shower and do all that fun stuff. Um, so we're going to try to get some Galaxy players, Galaxy coaches. 
um, Galaxy front office staff. We have a we have a real big lineup sort of lined up for you, and we will be just like Coachella. Just like Coachella, it's a, it's a it's a lineup that is very reminiscent of all the best acts in Coachella. Um, so, uh, by the way, do you, do you, what are the chances are? Do you think that Taylor Swift will ever write a song about me? Zero. Um, yeah, I agree. But you know, one one thing before we get away from the streaming, it it, it is a costly thing, and it's it, it it I see it as the Galaxy servicing the fans having the Coachella Invitational in the first place, but, uh, you know, having it here. But then the streaming, you know, for people that can't make the two-hour drive or three-hour drive, or in my case, overnight drive out uh, to the desert, um, it's servicing the fans. And it kind of goes back to we asked the Galaxy, why did they have the messy game, the opener, at home when they could have gone to the Rose Bowl or the SoFi or anywhere else and sold way more tickets, just as Kansas City did. You know, they're going to – Sporting Kansas City is going to go play – uh, in Arrowhead when Messi comes. Why Why did the Galaxy do that and not take advantage of the ability to sell more tickets? And they said, we wanted to show the fans the new atmosphere at home. We wanted to play at home. We wanted to play in our building. And we're going to sacrifice that revenue. And, and that, to me, was a little bit servicing the fans, too. Maybe. I mean, certainly. Uh, you could probably service more fans if we went to a bigger one. But I, I know what you mean. I think Galaxy fans would like to play the majority of their games at uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park. It's, the, it's what you know. It's your home, right? It's sort of like, this is my home. This is where I go. I know how to do this. I know how to get in. I know how to get out. All those fun things. Um, so uh, that going on. Just a reminder, get your uh, Coachella Valley Invitational tickets, uh, VIP passes, general admission passes, all that stuff there for you. Uh, one of the other things that is going on, and by the way, the schedule of teams is, is great. And on the 11th, uh, there's two games that day. Um, you'll get to see the LA Galaxy in Austin and then LAFC in Chicago. Uh, hopefully after the LA Galaxy in Austin game, you're going to stick around and hang out with us for a little bit as we go through um, some LA Galaxy uh, uh, famous uh, people. Let's see. Um, okay, I got so so. What I'm hearing. Are you ready? Breaking news. Right. I know. Do we have? Hold on. Let me see if I have like any of the fun things. There was like um, horn jazz. How about? How about? Let's try. No, that didn't. That's really not work. really breaking news. No, breaking news. Uh, yeah, I have been. Uh, I, I have been told that there looks like there will be two to three cameras on the broadcast um, whenever uh, whenever that takes place. So you are going to get, uh, I think, a fairly good and robust broadcast when you think about it. Two to three cameras. That's fine, right? L- usually low angle, one high at midfield. Um, usually one on either side of the half line at the sort of where the offside lines are. Probably a little bit lower on the angles. Could be a higher. They could be putting those up on some of the towers and sort of shooting those down too. So I think I think if you're telling me you have two to three cameras for a preseason game, I am I'm ecstatic because that's that's great. I, about yes, cameras. The guy sitting there moving it, not like on a tripod. I mean, it could be. I mean, it, it could be remote I mean, control. The, I don't if know. It's, if it's a camera with a camera operator, we're talking about some serious coin because those guys get union wages on a weekend. There's going to be a lot of money. Probably have to have a producer to decide which camera angle to to, to pick. Camera one. That, that go. sounds like it's getting expensive. Camera three. Go. Camera, it's yeah. probably just some dude like me who presses buttons on a keyboard. I mean, you don't. I, it really doesn't have to be that that exotic anymore, Kevin. You're thinking like old school, where they had like tubes and vacuum tubes and capacitors. Yeah, well, and you stuff. have to have the, the camera looking for Taylor Swift up in the Coachella press box. Oh, obsessed you are, and I'm the Swifty, and you're the one who can't stop talking. Um, I have never heard one of her songs. I don't believe mm, start to finish. It, I, it's that that would be on you. I'm you the have, only one. You have to. I'm the one. Be pretty hard, hard. You have to try pretty hard to stay out of that. Um, but no. Uh, I think the Coachella Valley Invitation is going to be pretty cool um, in, in terms of everything that they're doing. So, and remember, 
every time I say this, and uh, it was funny because I was actually having a little planning meeting with the LA Galaxy, and, and this isn't uh, talk a little behind ba- or inside baseball, but uh, we're having a planning meeting for the podcast and doing all this stuff. And I, I I started off with by saying I'm like I am without like without you guys inviting me, and I've said this now since the first time I went because remember I went when there were no fans allowed, right? I was there when there was nobody. It was just reporters, and we could hang off on the sideline. And I went and I said the potential for this is so big. Um, the ability for this, this, like this, this could be gigantic, right? And so you're starting to see that stuff like fall into place slowly but surely. And this broadcasting from there, I think, is just gigantic in terms of what it could do for that tournament. Um, see, the galaxy should listen to us more often. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree all the time. I think I think they should just list just everything we say on the podcast. Just do, and that would be that makes our life a lot easier. No, uh, it was it was a really fun meeting, and and uh, I'm excited that we're able to put together the live show. So uh, that's for you there. Another thing that's happening out at Coachella Valley Invitational, just in case you didn't know, uh, there is a youth development camp, uh, basically for ages uh, six to fourteen year years old, uh, boys and girls, uh, sort of that skill level level beginner. Uh, there are out there, and there's a camp that is able to. To, to take place on that uh, and it's at the actual uh, Coachella that's February 9th through 11th uh, Friday from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. and Sunday 8 a.m. to 9 30 p.m. Uh, $205 is the cost on that uh, you also get a, a, a general admission CBI pass to watch the Coachella Valley Invitational the weekend of February 10th or February 11th so that's also included in that um, there's an LA Galaxy gift bag all that sort of fun stuff I think it's cool they had this out there last time and I sort of like the fact that they are continuing to to do this because if you're a kid and you even know who the LA Galaxy are and like my son is four and he knows who the Galaxy are he gets pretty excited he's like the Galaxy playing I'm like yeah they, yeah uh, you know we'll be watching a game yeah they're playing and he's, he's like okay good you know that type of thing if I told him and he was old enough that he got to go out and play on the same field as them he'd be pretty stoked about it um so I and is, this, is this like an elite camp or is this beginner kids go out fun? beginner it's a beginner it's a beginner okay. camp I mean the, to me that's the that's the best that's you can wrap your arms around everything whenever that happens yeah um, but there's too many elite camps there needs to be more beginner camps yeah it, I I hey I'm all about beginner camps uh that's usually where I start um it's right very much at the be ski lessons beginner right swimming yeah, lessons yeah, beginner beginners. yeah beginner podcast that's what this is as well um, so, uh, so that's there and they have that camp going. I think the deadline to sign up is by February 2nd. So make sure that you do that. That's Friday. Um, and then the LA galaxy, of course, playing that game on Saturday, at dignity health sports park, uh, on February 3rd. So that was it. A L- little more news. If we, if we can go just a little bit further, speaking of sort of youth, uh, some U14 players got called up into the, uh, U15 youth national team for a domestic training camp in Mexico city from, uh, January 21st to 25th. So this already happened. I should have I should have also checked that. But I wanted to just give a shout out again to uh, Juan Carlos Martinez and Vincente Garcia, uh, both with Mexico in that time uh, doing, uh, you know, that that domestic training camp in Mexico City. This is uh, Kevin. I talked a little bit about this on Thursday and we could we could look at it a little bit more. But there's a there's a shift in the L.A. Galaxy. There's a shift in how they're doing development. There's a shift in how they're treating the academy G2 and all those things. You're starting to see them sell players from those from the academy from G2 um, and that's a shift in that before the galaxy were very much letting people go for free uh, and it was Dennis DeClosa I know because he we he and I used to have discussions about this all the time was talking about not letting players go for free even at the youth level and the fact that the LA Galaxy with Alcala or or, or, or Tez, uh have have sold players for even you know a trivial amount of money it doesn't have to be a lot but that they're selling players um, and that they're able to go out there and and make the lower levels of the LA Galaxy a a cash flow 
to sort of the senior team and everything that's going on in the development team and not just let players that they've spent a lot of money developing go for free. Not well, and every, this goes, Yeah. I was going to say this goes back to 2017. Talk about the missed opportunity. If you remember, one of the reasons the Galaxy got rid of a lot of the first team players and started to try to rely on the academy call guys up, as Dan Beckerman said, look, we're spending a ton of money on player development and we're not reaping any benefits from that. Guys are leaving. They're not playing first team minutes. We develop guys for five or six years and they never play on the first team. We need to get some bang for our buck here. And it, it took them a while to figure it out. But but I think you're right. I think Dennis DeClose helped them turn the corner. And now they're beginning to profit from this. This is something that's been in the works for a while, though, trying to figure out the best way to do that. And it looks like they finally hit on some sort of model. Yeah. And so look at these players. Again, there are only 11 starting spots for the LA Galaxy on the senior team. There are only 30 roster spots for LA Galaxy players on the senior team. You have, you know, academy teams, you have G2. You know, you look at these, you go, you know, oh, there's 30 players on this team. There's 30 players on that team. There's, you know, there's 90 players basically that are playing for the LA Galaxy that are competing for 11 spots at the senior team level eventually. You, there's no way you're ever going to get most of those guys ever to play for the LA Galaxy senior team. So what are you doing? And by the way, the side shoot of this is that even in the worst case scenario as academy kids, those kids are going to college, right? I mean, those, that, that, that's the worst case scenario sort of is that they're getting to play, they're getting time, they're getting scouted, and they're getting either, um, you know, full rides, partial rides, that type of thing to go to college and play soccer still. So that's the worst case sort of scenario here is you're still developing kids and getting them to an education, which, by the way, huge plus uh, whenever you talk about sports and being able to do that. When you talk about those 90 players, a baseball general manager told me that because I was confused about, hey, you sign a draft pick and he never plays for the team. What a waste. You guys wasted that money. And he goes, no, everybody that we have under contract. So in the galaxy, you talk about this, this 90 person group. Every one of those people is a resource. Now, if a guy advances to the first team, that's obvious that how you use that resource. But other guys, you use them in training, you sell them. Uh, you you tell their rights, you loan them out, whatever it is, each one of those 90 players is a resource and you try to get some sort of benefit from that, whether it's first team minutes or whether it's, again, you know, selling them or transferring them and making some money. So it, it took a while for the Galaxy to figure out how to do that. And I think that's been true for most of MLS, FC Dallas, Philadelphia, some other teams have had some success for the most part. I don't know that any team or many teams have gotten their academy system to pay off and actually make it into the black. I think they're all in the red. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, FC Dallas is is one of those where you would say, you know, they've really had sort of have a development, but you're right. If you're, the, if you're not selling the majority of players, if you're not selling even half of them, you know, then, you know, if you're not selling, you have to make the ones that are good that you can't use pay for the rest of the system, right? This is how you make it sort of this, this operating machine, this fun thing. And I'm, listen, I don't believe that sports teams always make money. They shouldn't. Um, you know, that's not, that's clearly not, the, not how, how the, uh, uh, the the way to pr profitability is not to own a sports team. And if you look at that, you know, most of the times these are loss leaders for them, right? They're, they're taking when the losses. You the, it's when you sell the team. It's when you fun. sell the team. Yep. It's always and, about and the appreciation. Yeah. But think about the academy. You know, you have teachers. You feed the kids. They have, you know, take showers. They have to have a gym. Um, they have to have a field to play on, balls to play on, uniforms. It doesn't sound like a lot, but when you get 90 and then you add that up, uh, I don't believe any of those guys have to pay to go there. I think it's all, yeah. if they're in the academy system, they're in the school and they're in all of that for free. I, be I believe that is correct. No, go ahead. No, was, was that it? Were you done? 
I, sorry. Yeah, that, okay. I, I didn't I mean to, done a long time ago. I, I was done before we started. I this think. is absolutely true. Um, let's get a little bit to the LA Galaxy now and playing that first scrimmage. Now, uh, LA Galaxy played uh, a, to a 1-1 draw with the San Jose Earthquakes, right? Uh, this was on Saturday. Uh, we know that the LA Galaxy's goal scorer was none other than new signing uh, Mr. Miguel Berry. Uh, put away the first goal. So Galaxy finished the first uh, game with San Jose. Closed door scrimmage, 1-1. Now, if you went and looked at the photos that the LA Galaxy put out, there was clearly a directive for all of this. Uh, and that directive was this. Don't show any photos that have San Jose players in them because you will not see one picture of a San Jose player in there. So if you don't see a picture of a player that you thought surely would have played, there's a good chance they did play. As a matter of fact, from what Vanny was saying is they knew they were going to be shorthanded enough to where they would need to, that Galaxy 2 was actually playing against uh, uh, Nordlands FC or FC Nordlands. Um, and that, that G2 game ended up play, being 5-1 to, uh, to Nordlands. And they got a 14-year-old player who was actually playing in that group um, with that G2 game because all, some of the G2 guys are up playing with the senior team because they're trying to fit in and get everybody. Vanny was very clear. He's like, there's a lot of minutes for, for people. And it was one of those things where I looked at it and said, that, again, I think I said this on Thursday, there's always minutes in the preseason for everybody. There are minutes to be had everywhere. Um, and so this is, so if you didn't see a player that you thought probably would play, I know a lot of people were saying, Oh, Jonathan bond didn't play. You have no idea. And quite honestly, I have no idea. I would expect he did play. I would expect McCarthy played as well. There certainly was a picture of, uh, Michovic. Um, and because you could see him, that's easy to sort of say, I was able to go through the pictures and sort of pulled out everybody I could find. So these are the players that they were pictured and that we are fairly certain actually played in this game. Uh, Julian Alde, um, Mark Delgado, you had Miguel Berry, uh, you had Lepley, you have Fagundes, you had Vivi, Cerillo, Yoshida, Fercranis, Michovic, Yamane, and Mavinga. Now, the most interesting one out of all of those was, of course, the new one, uh, Miki Amane, because Greg Vanny was talking in his press conference on Thursday, Kevin, and said, no, I don't think Miki's going to play in this game. There's no need to rush him. There's no need to get him out there. There's no need to like put any sort of pressure on him. So no, the answer is, you know, I don't think he's going to play the whole deal. Well, there he is. There he, there is. he is. Yeah. Miki Amane played in this game. I would imagine the reason that that happened wasn't because the galaxy were shorthanded because you can just not play some people or you play a younger kid for a little bit longer if you want to do that. Um, the big reason that they, that they probably played him, Kevin, in my mind, is you sit there and go, clearly this guy's in shape and can play, right? Like you're watching him play, train. You're like, he's fine to probably play, you know, 15, 20 minutes. And who knows how many minutes he ended up playing? We don't know. It, it was, uh, as we sort of hinted at at the very beginning, it was very much in the spirit of this was a closed door scrimmage and we don't want to talk about it. And that's cool. I don't mind that. Um, I will say the only bit of information that I was able to pull out was that this game was uh, was not really a one one game in terms of how it was played that, uh, you know, at least according to people who are absolutely biased in this situation. And I, I will 100 percent get behind the fact that these people are biased. So take it for what it's worth. But basically said that, you know, this was not a one one game. This this game looked like it was it was one that the Galaxy maybe could have scored more goals in um, and sort of took advantage. Um, again, well, it looked like that was the practice field. You said closed door. It's really closed gate, I think. Closed gate. Yeah. I pretty, mean, pretty yeah. open. 
That's on the practice field. Obviously. It's out front. It's out front on the practice yeah. fields, right? On the U.S. soccer fields is what we call them. Um, but uh, that's that's where the Galaxy usually train. That's where Greg Vandy trains. And uh, we always tell this anecdote, but it was Robbie Keane who said, uh, why are we training in the back? Because Bruce Arena always used to have them train on the backfield and the back corner, and it, which was a cool little secluded place. And it was easy to get to whenever you were driving in for training, right? But um uh, they actually started training out front on the U.S. soccer fields. And the reason they did that, because Robbie Keane says, are you kidding me? Show pictures of you training underneath palm trees. You'll get anybody you want to come here and play, right? And so that's sort of the the whole idea behind this. But um, yeah, that's all I can tell you about closed door scrimmage. There really isn't that much. Um, so it's, it's I don't know. I, I will say this and understanding, I, I understand this is not the best way to describe this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The L.A. Galaxy ship right now, in terms of the organization and everything that's going on, very airtight, very airtight. They are very much in a we know we have something going and we're not going to talk about it that much. We don't need to talk about it right now. It's and and that's a that's a quiet confidence that I haven't seen from the L.A. Galaxy in a while. And I am the first one that will always say, Kevin, people who are confident usually tell you how it happens. Uh, I will say that this is this is not coming from not con- non-confidence or, or being uh, unconfident, right? This is coming from confidence to the fact that everything is nice and quiet and everything is 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 sort of very uh, locked in right now. Not a lot well, of people want to talk. The last couple of years, we heard about how great everything was going to be and how it was all fitting together and they had a plan and all these kind of things, and then it never really reached fruition. It seems like there is a different tact this year. It's like we're going to be quiet and we're just going to show you. And and hopefully that plan will work out a little bit better. It's it's different than we're not talking because we think things are bad. I will say that right now. I do not get that impression whatsoever because I can usually tell when that's happening. That's not where that's not where we are. So uh, with the scrimmage, the L.A. Galaxy uh, start their preseason, one of their first of six games that they will be playing here in the preseason. Uh, the L.A. Galaxy go one one versus the San Jose Earthquakes. One goal against one uh, goal scored. So uh, Miguel Berry is currently your preseason goal leader. Dun, 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 dun. Remember whenever, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, Kevin Cabral was uh, preseason goal leader. And then I think Chicharito eventually took that over uh, in the preseason. Uh, but that's that's where we sit right now. We'll sort of keep an eye on this and track this. And then as we talked about, the Galaxy play St. Louis this weekend. You'll be able to watch that. But you'll be able to go to the game if you are so inclined. And then they will be able to ship off to the CVI. They're off to Coachella Valley Invitational. When they go there, uh, then the preseason really starts. You can look at games against uh, Charlotte. You can look at games against Austin, of course, that we'll be at. We have the New York City FC game and the New York Red Bulls. And then when all that is said and done, Kevin, the LA Galaxy will go head on down to Dignity Health Sports Park on the 25th of February, uh, and they will get ready to play uh, Inter-Miami. Inner they will get Leo Messi. They will get all those guys, Jordi Alba, Luis Suarez, who looks like maybe he'll need a walker if he keeps playing. But hey, that's just me. Um, all of these things that are happening right now are leading up to this 25th, which means that we can sort of look at this, Kevin, and understand the Galaxy have six preseason games. They now have five preseason games left until they're ready to face Messi. That's it. Now, St. Louis, is that an open door scrimmage? Yes. It is an open door. Well, it's, right? not, it's, it's not only open door, it's you have to get tickets to come see us. That's how that's how so you open have to door. Buy, yeah. buy, just like CBI, you got to buy tickets. By the way, you spoke spoke of Suarez. I saw a thing on the other the other day. He's, he said that uh, because of all the operations and things that he's had and injuries, it takes him three days to recover between games. So 
Welcome to MLS, Luis Suarez, because you're not going to get three days to rest between a lot of games. <laughs> it's uh, it, it was definitely one of those things I was sort of watching today whenever I was watching the game is sort of his mobility. But it's one of those as well. This is preseason. Those guys are going to cook. They'll be just fine. Um, so I think the Galaxy um, will have a, still have this really tall task. And we talk about them having a tall task without a totally complete roster, Kevin. Um, as fact, as a matter of fact, an incomplete roster as we sit right now. But uh, I was I was told that and, and perhaps on Thursday we talked about this a little, but just in conversations I've had is there's a lot of don't sleep on the core of this team that the Galaxy feel really good about the guys they brought back that they sort of have in place in camp right now and 23 players uh, right now into uh, into the L.A. Galaxy camp, really just waiting on those designated players. Uh, Gabriel Peck, that Kevin, this is one that we've been watching and following. This is one that you and I have talked about. This is one you and I have said uh, this deal is done. They're just waiting for announcement. And I think, you know, it feels like that's happening sooner rather than later. We're, we're not blowing smoke up uh, on anybody, right? No, I, I think it, I think it, it could be announced soon. I mean, it's done. I think we know or we assume from everything we've been told that it, it's done. It's just not announced now. What the hang-up is, did he, did he need to go through a physical? Did he need to get some paperwork? Whatever. I, I would expect that that will will happen soon. I, I had the chance to talk to both Greg Vanny and Will Kuntz today, and Will Kuntz talked about the the uh, transfer window, which doesn't end everything, but it does mark maybe the beginning of the end or whatever. The transfer window closes in Europe this week, and he said you're kind of on a shot clock right now. And he expects a lot of these things that they've been trying to get done will get done. Gabriel Pick might be one. The paint sill is still out there. Will expects to have all the designated player spots filled by the start of the season. He expects to get that done, whatever. And he's working on multiple tracks. Um, Peck, we think, will be done soon. Then paint sill, if paint sill doesn't come through and the, the transfer window in Belgium closes on Thursday, he has places to move on to where the transfer window will not be an issue. So he he's confident he's going to get something done. I did ask both uh, Will and Greg about the idea. This seems to be an annual occurrence with transfers or, or designated players or players coming in, signing so late. I said, would you guys prefer to move the start of the MLS season in maybe into early March? Because you're get, even best case scenario, if Gabriel Peck is announced tomorrow or Wednesday, he's not going to be here on Thursday. He, so by the time he gets in here, uh, Greg said, you know, with the kind of guys they're looking at, these guys are playing right now. Right. They're fit. Right. He said the only thing is, is they need chemistry with their teammates, but he thinks that the positions they want them to play as wingers feeding the middle. He said that's kind of a basic soccer thing that you learn growing up. There's not a lot of nuance to that. Yes, there's chemistry and other things, but the point is he thinks they can fit in fairly quickly. Um, the idea of pushing the season to March, he said, you know, we're going to have like seven games in May. What are we we're going to play nine or 11, you know, just to move this back. Right. It's not really worth it. But he also said that I found something really interesting. He said the delay in a lot of these guys is a good thing, a good thing for MLS. And he says, it's just not the galaxy. It's just not LAFC. It's all the teams. They have slow developing winters because they, they have decided they're going to go for a certain player and that's the player they want. And they don't, he said, clubs will come to you and say, look, we may not be ready to release this guy right now. We might want for a replacement to come in. We might, we might be waiting for something, but we'll give you this other guy who's, you know, he's not quite as good, but he's, you know, and Greg said, that guy doesn't tick all our boxes. We don't want that guy. Yeah. We're going to wait and get the guy we want. And if he falls through, we'll try again in the summer. He said, that's a whole different mindset from MLS of just a few years ago. It would be like, you know, okay, we'll take the guy that's available right now and, and pass up the guy that we really wanted. 
Uh, Raphael, by the way, gave us a $5 super chat, said, COG, only good thing about Mondays. Thanks, guys. Oh, see, look at that. We're better wow. than Mondays. We're better than kicking the balls, the golden balls. You know, that's 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 what he's basically saying. Um, I'll say this and I'll couch it as carefully as I can. We talk about Peck is being done and I feel like that's that's all good, correct information. And you, you're going to get your satisfaction out of that sooner rather than later. That's what that feels like. We talk about paint sill. And I know there's a lot of question marks around it, but the fact that everything went really quiet and the fact that I can't get anybody to kill it, right? Usually uh, it's it's easy to kill rumors, right? We do we do this all the time. Uh, I can I can figure out who we're talking about. Who, who are the interwebs talking about today? Hey, and then I can go off and we can talk to different people and say, hey, have you ever, you ever heard of this guy? My favorite response so far this year was, I just learned that guy's name right now when you asked me. That was my favorite one. So usually that that's a pretty good indication of, of what's going on and what's not going on, right? But I will say that nobody can kill the paints over rumor. And that to me means that there's still something there. In fact, it feels like there's still a lot there. Um, so, you know, I don't think we're on the, oh, it's done. Uh, but with the transfer window closing in Belgium on Thursday, and and by the way, that does not affect the LA Galaxy bringing anybody in. I think you explained this, Kevin. It's really about if they were going to lose Paintsill, who has the $8.5 million release clause, they need to bring somebody in back behind in order to make sure that when he leaves, when Paintsill leaves, that they have somebody. And so the Thursday deadline is more of a a, a gank deadline if the Galaxy get Paintsill. Um, now, is Paintsill the guy who can play... As a striker, as a forward, as well as a winger, he's, one he's, more, he's more of a winger. This is this is more of a winger guy, right? So, um, you know, I think you're still relying on, and you know, we if you ask Vanny and if you ask you know Will Koontz, if you ask those guys what's going on, they're going to tell you that Dayan Jovalich is their striker. Um, but we've always been told that you know perhaps some uh, a winger could also come in and and play striker as well, right? And we talked about if that was the I think that was uh, Abubakar who we were talking about possibly being that striker guy who you could put at striker and then Fagundes comes in and fills in on the other wing and then you have Peck on the other side, right? Like there's there's these rotations on Thursday. We talk about the rotations and the movements of the midfield and how you can get guys into good positions even if you're sort of playing in a backup. So the Galaxy, I wouldn't be surprised if they still add sort of a veteran type striker um, at a lower wage a little bit later on in this window. But for when we're talking about paint sill and all this, really the Thursday window closure is not for the LA galaxy. It's for gank to get somebody in in case paint sill leaves right now, as long as the window is open in major league soccer, anybody can transfer out um, as long as the window is open where you're going. That's all that ever means. As long as the window is open where you're going, it is open for you to move. It does affect things. It doesn't close things out. You know, if you're looking for a veteran striker, there's this guy, Billy Sharp. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. He would be a good addition. But uh, the reason I asked that about the versatility of Paintsill is uh, in talking to Vanny, I was trying to read between the lines. And obviously, we don't know what deals are done or close. You know, they're, they're not going to run them by us. They probably should, but they're, they're not going to. Um, but Vanny talked about, we talked a lot about uh, Dayan Jovalich and, and Vanny trying to show confidence in him. Um, you know, Dayan is an emotional guy. And I think when, when the manager says you're our guy, right? Um, you know, you feed off of that if you're if you're Dayon. But at the same token, you you know, as a coach, you need to sort of cover your bets. And so, uh, Vanny talked about bringing in somebody that would would be a typical winger, but could play forward if needed to. And he talked about Jovalich. You know, I said I really like Jovalich as a guy off the bench. And he said, well, what happens is. When he comes off the bench, it's late in the game. The, you know, guys are tired. The, the field has opened up a little bit, and that's what made him so effective. 
And so he said, if, if we want Dayon to be effective from the start of the game, we have to find a way to open it up. And that's with wingers, with speed, uh, playing wide, uh, because he said Dayon is a, is a, a box forward. He stays in the box. He's, he's, he's not going to score from 30 yards out. He's a, a little bit of a poacher and that's, that's the way he plays. You need to feed him, but you need to open it up so that he has space to operate. And he did, he did indicate without saying it verbatim, but he did sort of indicate that Dayon's our guy at the start of the season. We have confidence in him. We think he can do it. We're going to give him the opportunity, but if he doesn't take advantage of it, it sounds like the leash is, is going to be a little bit short. Yeah. That if they are not producing, that they're going to make a move rather quickly. And that's what you talked about, having that backup forward either in on the radar or available uh, when the season starts. Well, again, Miguel Berry is the guy who scored in this in this preseason, right? He is the he's the opposite of Jovalich, right? So he's a taller guy. I think he's six three whenever you look at it. So he's he's yeah, he looks huge in these pictures, too. Um, if you've seen him. So a big guy, uh, more physical than what Jovalich is going to be, uh, more of a target in the air, right? So whenever you bring on a second striker or whenever you bring on somebody to change things up, Barry right now is that guy. Now, Barry has an atrocious record in Major League Soccer. Outside of his time with Columbus, he's really floundered almost everywhere he's gone. So you you can't necessarily rely on him. But, you know, there also is this last year with Jovalich and sort of his struggles and trying to match the first year with the Ovalich and how he was successful and what he did and how, and how it sort of goes along. Listen, the galaxy are going to give Jovalich every chance to be successful in this, but I, you know, you're right. There's, there's a short leash here. Um, and that's why I still think that there's possibly a veteran acquisition sort of in that striker role, somebody who's not going to get a whole bunch of time, but if you need to bring them in late in games, if you need to bring them in to sort of hold down the fort while you figure out where to move Jovalich and how to bring somebody else in, that's the guy that you're going to rely on. Uh, a lot of pressure, I think, on the Galaxy, for, certainly for Will Kuntz uh, relying on Jovalich, certainly on Vanny for relying on Jovalich, and on Dayon Jovalich. This is not a small task that he's being given. By the way, uh, Dayon Jovalich, Go ahead and 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 you get to replace Chicharito, right? Chicharito, who just had an emotional return to uh, Chivas in Guadalajara. Uh, what a surprise! Who saw that coming? I know, I know. It was it's it's one of those. Well, uh, it, it's tough for for you of us. I mean, look at the, the galaxy of, you know, put, spent a lot of money in the back line. There's three top flight goalkeepers, a, a midfield anchored by Ricky Pusch, two bringing in we assume two highly paid DPs to be wingers, all to feed Jovic. It's all set up. To go to Jovalich. It is the only way it you're is. going to win games is to score goals. You can have a great defense and play to a tie every game. The only way to win is to score goals. That falls today on Jovalich. And so you want to say, on one hand, you're our guy, we're confident in you. But then if you sign a backup, he's already looking over his shoulder. It's like you, the starting pitcher takes the mound with the bullpen uh, guys throwing already. You don't want to do that to him. You don't want to kill his confidence when you spend all this money and time and energy to to make him the guy, but at the same token, you can't just say, hey, this guy who's never really been an everyday starter for a full season, we're baking our season on him. That You can't do that either. It's, I, it's really a tough situation. I will say that it's not like everything is going to fall on Jovalich. Certainly with Peck, Peck is goal dangerous, right? Uh, if we talk about Paintsville and what the Galaxy are doing there and perhaps getting him, he's goal dangerous himself, right? Uh, you talk about Brugman and possibly playing with Ricky. 
Those are two goal dangerous players as well, right? So you have the ability to score goals around Jovalich. It's just that you would like to use Jovalich so that way it frees up the other guys um, to also score goals, right? It's one of those, I, I think Tom Bogert was saying that, uh, you know, if the Galaxy were able to land, and, and certainly he looks at Peck on, on one side, uh, and if they were able to land Paintsel, that all Jovalich would have to do is be like an average MLS striker. Nothing crazy, nothing amazing, that type of thing. You know, you're talking about a guy who could put in, you know, eight, nine, ten goals for you. And if they have the other talent around them, that there should be goals by committee. It should be Paintsil. It should be Peck. It should be Pooj. It should be Brugman, right? And it should be Jovalich. And if you start getting six, seven goals from each of those guys, that adds up. That's an offense. And the Galaxy didn't struggle on offense last year, despite the fact that it's points. It was absolutely an offensive struggle, like maybe through the first half. But as they started scoring goals, they did pretty well. It's just that they played no defense. Uh, there's an article right now up on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, Catamount, who's been uh, writing for us, uh, took a look at Peck uh, and took a look at uh, Pooj and how they play together. Really interesting sort of analysis from that. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to sort of see how that goes. So, uh, by the way, Luis uh, gives us a $10 super chat. Thank you, Luis. Appreciate you. Thank you for that. Um, so uh, I'm interested well, to see how, how Pooj plays with Peck and how they sort of manage this offensive side, but I don't think Jovalich has to be a world beater to be successful this year. I think he has to have an average season. I think the Galaxy are in trouble if, if Ricky Pooj is trying to be Steph Curry again, shooting from downtown. He doesn't need to take those long shots, but you know, Columbus won an MLS cup last year. I think they may have had one, maybe two players scoring double digits. Now they brought in Diego Rossi and guys at the end of the season, changed things around, but they didn't have one, you know, they didn't have anyone competing for the golden boot that I remember. And I, I could be wrong, but it seemed to me that they were, sort of a modest scoring team. They did it by committee. A lot of guys contributed um, and that paid off in the championship. Yeah. Hey, um, it doesn't, again, goals by committee is just fine. In fact, it's the more balanced you can be, the more dangerous you are. A lot of times when you rely on one person to do all of your stuff, if you take that one person out of the game, a lot of times you can, you can affect things. Now, if that person is Zlatan, uh, then you don't have to worry about it because you can try to take him out of the game and it won't work, right? It's one of those, but you're talking about Dayon Jovalich here. You, you know, it's, He's going to get his opportunities. The crosses are going to be there. Uh, Peck likes to take guys on one-on-one. He likes to dribble back through defenses. That means that whenever he gets in the box, he's able to sort of turn and find places. Uh, He played, I think, the entire second half today for the Brazilian uh, Olympic, pre-Olympic tournament uh, in Brazil. And I think they ended up beating Ecuador 2-1 in that game, if I remember correctly. Uh, He came on in the second half and when it was 1-1 and they ended up winning uh, 2-1. So he's been getting steady minutes through all this. He sits on the bench, but he'll come off in the second half. There's a lot of games to be played in this pre-Olympic tournament. We've talked about that. One of the reasons we think that everything is sort of delayed is because of the fact that there's a pre-Olympic tournament and that he's playing in it and that he hasn't been able to get released from that in order to come join the LA Galaxy. But, um, you know, eventually what you would expect is as this tournament winds down and we expect Brazil will be sort of be there whenever things wind down for it, um, that he will eventually make his way towards uh, towards the LA Galaxy and head in that direction. So uh, you know, that announcement comes sooner rather than later if that's what your ultimate goal is and i think you've talked about it as well kevin still all of the immigration stuff that has to go through visas and all that fun stuff so there's it's still going to be a wait even if they announce peck you know on the show in five let me check my text message nope nothing i I figured i figured we'd try you know he's 22 and he's already played 178 games for vasco yeah i mean that's that's a ton of games for a guy that age that's a lot of experience it's like getting a 24 25 year old i mean and that's a high that's not that's not you know USL. I mean, that's a you know really competitive league with great players. Right, right. Uh, it was funny. Somebody's asking, by the way. Uh, Catamount is a pen name for uh, somebody who's writing for us. 
uh, and they have an analytical mind. Somebody asked, is Catamount a reporter? I, I wouldn't say they're a reporter. Uh, I'll just say that there is mystery around all of what they do, but the articles are on point and the analysis I usually find to be uh, real close to, to what I would be saying as well. So um, absolutely 100% pay attention to how those did, articles. How did you get Will Koontz to write for you under that name? I know, right? It was just He just showed right up. No, I, I always I always wait for Koontz to have like some sort of burner account like in the uh, in the chat in here that says like, you know, not Will Koontz or something like that. You know, that's <laughs> that, that, that's what I feel. Um, so <laughs> somebody says this is a pseudonym for, from Kevin. No, no, Kevin won't put his name on anything. So I, I don't know if you've <laughs> seen right, that. Yeah. Uh, except the check. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> $10 super chat from Patrick says, look forward to watching some galaxy soccer. Patrick, we're all there with you. I don't want to keep trying to find things to talk about. I'd rather just talk about games. Um, and so I'm excited for the fact that we will get to talk about games here very shortly and, uh, get everybody rotating through that. Um, we talked about the roster, uh, oh, here is some news, and by a contributor to Corner of the Galaxy, uh, Mr. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Alex Ruiz, he broke this news, um, and that hey, was hey, get him out. Yeah, no, that's not him either. <laughs> Trust me, Alex would put his name on something too. Uh, Alex uh, put in uh, put out a report on Twitter, uh, and this was yesterday, uh, 7:38 a.m. in the morning. By the way, so on a Sunday morning, Alex was up nice and early. Um, he was saying, uh, a source has told me Ricky Pouge will wear the number 10 shirt this season for the LA Galaxy. Number was previously held by Douglas Costa, whose contract expired this winter. Pouge had previously worn the number six shirt since his arrival in 2022. So all of that uh, seems fairly accurate. Galaxy put out a video today. I'm not saying these two things are linked, but you can uh, you can connect the dots if you want. Galaxy put out a video today showing a number 10 shirt created by Raul. Uh, Preston number 10 didn't have a name on it, but uh, I, you know, if, if, if Alex is correct, which I assume he is, uh, I think you can sort of tell where that is going. Uh, of course, the number 10 last worn by Mr. Douglas Costa, um, who's now uh, who's now playing for Fluminense down in Brazil with his best friend, uh, Lucas Caligari down there. So um, number 10 for for Pouge is a, is a big deal. Number 10. And by the way, uh, sort of matching that billboard that got put up, Kevin, where it says it's going to get messy um, or it's getting messy, like one of those uh, where Ricky Pouge was up there and everybody now it's number 10 versus number 10, right? They're they're right there looking at each other. So uh, a little elevation for Senor Pouge. Um, as he, uh, as he continues his sort of elevate his game, this is a big year for Ricky Pouge, Kevin. Uh, whenever we look at what Ricky needs to do this year, uh, he's going to be a full designated player. As we've talked about, uh, his contract basically has escalators in it that will put him close to, I think $3 million a year. So he is an absolute full designated player this year. And because of that, you want to see a full designated player performance out of him. The biggest thing that we've seen, Kevin, of course, is the fact that he sometimes doesn't play defense and that's probably his biggest weakness. Uh, Peck plays defense for sure. He can come back and track back and get on the ball and he likes to cut out lanes and do all that sorts of sorts of fun stuff. So uh, he's getting some help with Peck there. Uh, the other thing is that if Ricky Pouche starts playing defense, game is on. Um, and by the way, the best thing in the world that could happen for the LA Galaxy is Ricky Pouche figures out how to play like just a little bit of defense uh, because that would make his his stock around the world go straight up in the air. I was I was speaking to people about Ricky Pouche and, and it was sort of mentioned, you know, uh, the reason that the LA Galaxy were able to get Ricky Pouge so, so sort of easily and quickly was one of the reasons is because people think he doesn't play any defense. Um, and so if he can do that and add that to his game, Ricky Pouge could have a huge, huge 
huge day. Uh, by the way, John uh, Jonathan gave us a two dollar super chat. Says uh, Catamount is Adam Serrano. Nope, that's not it either. Uh, that's not it either. Uh, let's see. Uh, $2 super chat from Angelino 818. Any news on special retail pieces? Need more stuff. Hang in there. I am working on having a special guest possibly on Thursday, but we have to get a lot of stuff cleared in order for that to happen. So don't hold your breath, but just wait, give me a little bit. Um, and we will, we will get, uh, we will see if we can get somebody on the show to talk about that. I will say that if you are interested in any of that stuff, uh, on our discord, we have had special guests, uh, who work for the LA galaxy who actually talk and ask what fans are looking for, what kind of stuff you're into. Um, it's in a way to engage the fans certainly, but it's also a way I think to tap into stuff and that's on our discord. Uh, the discord link is always on all the episodes. So whenever we publish an episode, you can find the discord link. Come join us. I think there's over a thousand people in there now. Um, there's usually some good conversations except right now I'm about to close the transfer rumor, uh, channel down because everybody just keeps making up rumors cause they're tired of it being quiet. Um, so that's, that's something I try not to tolerate too much of, but they're in there right now making up uh, a general vague, uh, rumors about, about things that will not happen, um, in there, but there's lots of channels in there. It's sort of like the AOL chat rooms in the, of the, uh, of the 1990s, uh, maybe, you know, 90, 96, 97, somewhere in there when I was in high school and able to get into the AOL chat rooms. Um, you went to high school? I did graduated and everything. So Tyler Boyd wore number 11 last year, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yes. Because that's Gabriel Peck's number. So oh, that's now available. Oh, if 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 that happens, then that's hey, you know, that's an easy one. I would guess he would take the eleven, which clears Ricky to yeah. take the ten if he so desires. Yeah, no truth, by the way, Jose, to uh COG banana hammocks in times for Valentine's Day. I don't think that's happening. We're not we're not gonna go with the thongs for, for Valentine's Day. COG thongs. I think maybe we'll wait for like fourth of July for that. That's what it sees. Um, yeah, there we go. Well, I don't, I, that's I, something I can't unsee now. Jonathan says, uh, COG Omar Gonzalez Memorial banana hammocks, right? Remember when Omar uh, flashed the entire, entire LA Galaxy uh, uh, MLS Cup winning team in 2011, 2011, 2012, one of those. Um, so, so that was, uh, that was there. So, um, yeah, that's what, that's what we got. That's sort of where we're sitting there. Uh, Gary in the chat room says Kevin Baxter from Everton to the galaxy for the price of one Los Angeles times subscription, right? Do you get to somebody's going to buy one? <laughs> that's, that's what we're always hoping for. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, I think, I think your pseudonym writer might've been somebody that used to work for us. I, maybe, maybe could have been never know. I don't, I don't, to be honest with you, I can be very honest with you. I have no idea what this person's real identity is. Um, wow. Yeah, I know. I just, I, I don't think it could it's important. Be AI. Could be AI. Could be. Absolutely. Um, but somebody has to be telling it sort of usually with AI, even if you have it, you have to go in there and fix things, right? Somebody's fixing it very well. Uh, if that's the case. So, um, I like it. There's mystery. Well, where, do, where do you, where do you send the check? Uh, nowhere. That's the best part. It's, it's, a, it's as mysterious as the, as the person, right? So, so they get um, paid the same as me then. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. The same as you. Uh, the last thing that I'll sort of bring up here before we can sort of head off. Yeah, into, we, went off we went off the rails here. It's, it, it's fine. Um, is I went and checked the, uh, the registration ban website again for FIFA. The galaxy is still showing on that. Um, I, again, this seems like it's a lagging issue more than anything. It's just a lag. The LA Galaxy apparently already threw this. Remember, there was a training compensation 
compensation claim that was put against Galaxy for $4,500. That has been resolved. I don't know what the what the exact outcome is that of that is, but um, I've we've already talked about that uh, whenever we announced that the Galaxy were under a registration ban. So that should be going away here rather quickly, I would imagine. But I'll just keep checking that every once in a while just to make sure um, to sort of see where everything is. But so technically, at this moment, the Galaxy remains scofflaws yep. in in the eyes of FIFA. Yeah. By the way, Lex says no talk about the leak kit. Lex, go to Thursday. That that stuff broke on Thursday. We've already talked about it. Um, and then they had EAFC, uh, the video game. Kevin, I knew you were going to be confused. Um, EAFC put out and and apparently leaked all of the MLS kits that were coming out. So the LA Galaxy kit, the one that we talked about on Thursday, um, now showing the ghosted uh, sash that's in there. And uh, it was funny. Eric, uh, the hammer texted me today and he goes, man, I think, I think I'm going crazy. Do people not like that kit? Like they, they don't like it. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think it's great. I just, even from the low res version, I think it's going to be an absolute banger of a kit. I know there's lots of people who don't like it. I mean, there's only so many things you can do. And I thought this was a great thing that hasn't been done. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm very, very, uh, very, uh, you know, uh, optimistic on on how it goes well do i think it's going to sell out in minutes no do i think it's going to end up being a very popular kit yes i think it's going to be a very popular so, kit. tiny eric little tiny eric yeah i thought ea was east anglian football club no not no. it not it um, and, and what would you think of the the new sponsor the new jersey sponsor for the galaxy i mean the same one galaxy. just in a different font <laughs> you know that type of thing um yeah different font for herbal life and and by the way um, Lex is correct that it, this news did break over the weekend. It was one of those. And so we retweeted. I don't have a picture. Quite honestly, I don't want to show the picture because it's this fuzzy thing and you're trying to look at it. And I know everybody's seen it at this point. Um, I was going to look for it while we were doing the show, but then I got I got distracted texting people and doing stuff. So um, I, I forgot to, to, to put it on there. But no, the, the kit and Eric uh, will be on, I think, on Thursday. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that because we sort of talked about it on Thursday about what it could look like uh, with sort of seeing the bottom of it from a Jalen Neal picture. You could see the pinstripes in there. So pinstripes come down and then the ghosted sash that sort of goes across that. To my knowledge... Um, I don't think anybody's going to deny this. Uh, that is the kit. Now, I think you're going to find that it's going to be a lot sharper uh, in obviously in, in kit pictures and everything else that is going on. Uh, so once those details sort of release, we'll uh, we'll rock and roll with that. And did did you see Inter Miami has a new shirt sponsor? They had a local group uh, that was sponsoring their their kits in the first couple of seasons, and they did really well when Messi came in. They sold a ton of shirts, but now Real Caribbean has come in, and if you've ever been around Miami, you know the cruise industry there is huge. So Royal Caribbean came in and they paid $25 million a season to be the Jersey kit sponsor uh, for inner Miami, which is, I mean, th their shirts will be sold all over the world. now. I saw, I was, so I was at a mall in Colorado uh, over the weekend. Uh, I was visiting uh, my oldest and uh, I went and saw, and there was a, a, like one of those central kiosks and they said they had man city shirts. They had, to, and there was a messy inner Miami kit. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if there's any LA galaxy ones. Cause I remember it would have been like Beckham or Donovan or that type of thing. Usually those would sell all the time too, but uh, didn't see it. So, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of seeing MLS kits. I did not see any inner Miami kits while I was, uh, while I was traveling. I think I did see an MLS kit though. I can't remember which one it was. It wasn't like I wasn't surprised. It was probably like either a Rapids or actually I would be shocked and I'd grab my chest if I saw a Colorado Rapids kit in Colorado. Um, that almost never happens, but it might have been like an RSL kit or something like that. That was near the Rocky Mountains there. So what didn't surprise you know me. who wears a Colorado Rapids kit? Kevin Cabral. That's I've, that's what I've heard. I've heard that. Um, also, uh, 
Let's see. I was, I was going to say, who else? Is it Remy? Is Remy there now too? Did he? Yeah, they, yeah, they signed him and then they loaned him uh, down to, uh, to Phoenix Rising, I believe. Uh, Remy Cabral. So uh, Colorado signed Remy and then loaned him down to uh, to Phoenix. I believe that was the, the direction it went. So uh, that's where we got. Uh, by the way, Gary says, uh, Rad Show as always, gentlemen. Thank you. $5 Super Chat. We appreciate the Super Chats. They weren't working last on Thursday night. So uh, we appreciate that they are working tonight. Um, so, ka-ching, ka-ching. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. It's anything. Anything helps at this point. Uh, just a reminder, once again, February 11th, get your tickets for the Coachella Valley Invitational. We're going to do a live show with out there. Taylor Smith. No, with Taylor Smith. don't say that. Don't don't. I'm not getting sued for stupid stuff you say. I I really have tried really hard not to get sued from stupid stuff you say. Um, but you got all those uh, super chats now that'll pay for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. I'm sure. Uh, so uh, February 11th will be out there at the Coachella Valley Invitational. Uh, the map, of course, is on your screen right now, where you can find us. We're in that south. Uh, east corner right next to field one. Um, so you'll be able to find us there and our tent will be set up rather early whenever you walk in. So you should be able to see us. So stop by and say, hi, we'll be there. Uh, and then when the game starts, we're going to go watch the game. And then as the game starts to wrap up, uh, Kevin and I will, will take our positions over there um, and we'll see if we can get through it. Uh, I, with all the guests that I am pretty sure that we have, it's going to be a, a good show. There's going to be a lot of people to talk to. So we're excited that that's going to be the case. All right. Uh, anything else, Kevin? Absolutely not, because I know for a fact that you didn't have anything to begin with. Let me hold on before you even get there. Saturday, February 3rd, 2024, 1 p.m. L.A. Galaxy versus St. Louis uh, in the very first open door scrimmage of the 2024 season. You can get it at Dignity Hill Sports Park. And of course, it'll be streamed on LAGalaxy.com like all of the preseason games will be this year. Anything else? Are you good? You want to tell them who our guests are going to be on the 11th? Absolutely not. Because you have be because you have no idea. <laughs> You have no Travis idea. Travis Kelsey. No, yeah, I don't. Not, none of them. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, all right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin on Twitter and X, it's at kbaxter11. Uh, head over to the latimes.com where you can find Kevin's articles, talking soccer, all that fun stuff uh, for latimes.com. So make sure you go check Kevin out. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter and X, it's at jgesman at galaxypodcastcornerofthegalaxy.com is where you can find all of our shows, all of our information. Head on over to our Discord, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those fun places. Anywhere you get a podcast, you can find corner of the galaxy all right i think that about does it for mr kevin the panda baxter i'm josh pato guessman you've been listening to corner of the galaxy from the box on corner of the galaxy.com have a great one everybody you've been listening to the corner of the galaxy podcast on corner of the galaxy.com you can follow the show on twitter and instagram at galaxy podcast and be sure to check out and subscribe to itunes stitcher and facebook by searching for corner of the galaxy Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.